Welcome back to Never Read the Comments, the podcast which explores the ways in which the internet can be used to impact positive social change. My name is Ellen Jones and I just wanted to say thank you for tuning in to this podcast. Some of you might remember when I launched this podcast about a year ago and did a few trial episodes and although they were really well received I didn't have the equipment to make the podcast as good as I would have liked. I've been able to improve the quality of the recordings and I hope this means that you'll enjoy them even more. I know it's not exactly standard to relaunch a podcast a year later, but if this podcast is about anything, it's about the fact that the internet puts a lot of pressure to do things perfectly the first time. And I have never really been a fan of that. I'd rather have a go at something and give it my all with the resources that I have. And then also, you know, reflect on where I maybe want to take things in differently next time, if that makes sense, Um, and how I do things different. So yeah, I'm really excited to be able to share this episode with you. I interviewed the wonderful Natalie Byrne, who's uh, an artist and illustrator who I've been following for a long time. I was absolutely thrilled that she agreed to be interviewed for this podcast. I really think her work is a real force for change. And so without further ado, let's get into it. Hello. Hi. Would you like to introduce yourself? I am Natalie Byrne. I'm an illustrator. I make work around social issues, um, which is quite colourful and playful. And um, I'm probably most known for my book called Period, or the work that I made for the Pink Protest. Yes, which is how I think I found you originally for the wanking event. Yes. Um, Which, out of context, I quite keep referring it to... Actually, I think I've got, like, one of the... But out of context, when I say to people, oh yeah, I'm, I'm off to the wanking event, they look at me very strangely. And given the friends that I have, I understand why. <laughs> uh, like, when I say I'm going to a sex ed event, they don't know if I'm actually going to a sex ed party or um, some educational conference. Yeah, there's a difference between a sex party and, like, a talk on sex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, for it was a feminist wanking event, it could have been anything. Yeah. For the un- uninitiated. But, but it was a really very tame. Event. Were you at the event? Yeah, I was. Same. Really? I was at the event. So we've already we been in a room together. Paths. Definitely. I, I, prob- oh, I was what? very nervous. I like hid behind everyone because I was too scared. I was hanging out with the my hairy vagin me the whole time. Oh, see, I'm friends with her. Yeah, like, she just, like... That was the first time I met her. Yeah, so, like, she... We must have... Talked, talked or something bizarre like she's she was i was just like she was very outgoing and i was on yes. my own there completely oh she's great when and you're so she was own. like hi yeah come and like tell me about yourself introduce me to everyone she's lovely um so it's fun that's fun but yes yeah, great where you did, should put her on the podcast I, oh my god i predominantly found you through instagram yeah i feel like that's probably most like mostly how people find you yeah how long have you been on that platform and how has it developed and evolved okay. over recent years? So I started um, posting illustrations on Instagram, uh, I want to say 2016. Mm. I graduated in 2015, I studied graphic design and I was like working as a graphic de- designer um, and then um, after graduation I like fell into a deep depression like most people do. Oh, um, I thought that's what that took forward to. <laughs> yes. Heads up. 
Um, it's alright. I'm used to that by now. Yeah, and so I I went to therapy for like the third time, and I knew that I had to. The only thing, because I've been in therapy before, and the only thing I really struggled with was opening up to my close friends. Mm-hmm. And so I like decided to okay, I need to start like opening up to friends if I'm going to do this again. Um, and I found it really scary and so I started posting my illustrations on Instagram as a way of being like I'm in therapy <laughs> I'm not okay but it's fine <laughs> um, and then yeah I was posting every day for about a year when I started getting illustration jobs and then in January of last year um, there was I got an internship at this amazing place and um, I thought it was for graphic design and it wasn't for illustration and then that's when the boss of that company was like you should be an illustrator you should, you should, that's a thing you should do so you weren't an illustrator before I yeah I was working oh. as a graphic designer and doing it on the side oh uh, okay but and I then... never thought it would be a full-time thing I was like oh this is fun like I'm making money off this like sporadically <laughs> um, like this is a fun thing maybe when I'm like 30 or like 40 it will like be a full-time thing um but yeah then when it comes from someone I really respected in the industry and trusted it was like okay I'm listening now um and then carried on working as a graphic designer to save up money and then in May of last year went full-time into as an illustrator so all my work comes from Instagram Mm. and um yeah, everything everything I get comes through Instagram. So, I started posting, kind of trying to just share with my friends how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And then, as Trump and Brexit happened, that kind of came into it. And so, um, me as an illustrator and me as like a person and a human being, like that has feelings about the world. They're like the two feelings the two about things. The world. Feelings, <laughs> yeah. Firstly, feelings. Yeah, and then feelings about the world. <laughs> um. So they're like one of the same for me because they've developed, like they've, my illustration voice, I found it as I was being honest and vulnerable online. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it was just the way of I think there's communicating. this thing about like oversharing online that is always positioned as a negative and I'm like, but. Yeah. And I think there's a, especially in kind of the mental health field, there's this idea of like, oh, people form communities online and they get like absorbed into their own suffering and I'm like, often yeah, like usually no. that does happen sometimes but a lot of it is just about offering like another mode of communication yeah and also there's a difference between like stuff you see that's like um the world is ending there is no hope and then or sharing something that's like i feel really shit but this is how i'm going to get through the day like yeah. those are two completely different things i met someone who i had a i, I knew them through the internet and a they're a, they're a musician and we met for the first time and they, they read my newsletter and they thought that I was really cheery as a person really? based on what I wrote because they were like you know you've got this attitude of like we can we can we can do this and then they met me and they were like you're so cynical you're so like your, your humour is so dark you're so cynical I thought you were going to be like a sprightly like cheery upbeat person yeah. and I was like you very fundamentally under- misunderstood why this newsletter has to exist yeah and it's a part of you like a part of yeah. you might be that like uplifting heavy I think person. I have to be 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to an extent. Because otherwise, with the world being as it currently is, I would uh, dissolve the puddle. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a good illustration. Well, I was, uh, <laughs> no, I was the Wicked Witch of the West in my school's play. Really? So I was pushed into a cauldron at the age of 10. I think if you take the bullied child in the year group mm. and paint them green and then shove them into a cauldron and have other people laugh at them. Yeah. It's all slightly cruel. Yeah. <coughs> That's horrible. It was actually right. I mean, I've decided that like the Wicked Witch of the West is definitely a lesbian anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's it's canonically true. <laughs> things online especially as someone who's now like kind of built a career i've kind of also built a career and kind of oversharing and vulnerability it's a very precarious situation in a lot of ways because you're having to i don't know like make yourself vulnerable for profit in some ways oh yeah that's interesting that's a really interesting and like the how you draw parameters over what you will and will going to say and also like the level at which you want to share things oh totally interesting and also, I think, like, oh, my goodness, navigating dating with what I do is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, honestly, I've been doing this for quite a like, couple of years now, and my long-term relationship ended um, the end of last summer. And, oh, my God, it's so complicated because it's, like, people that I match with on dating apps will, like, follow me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, no. What are you doing here? Get away. This is not your circle. Oh. It's like... And it's like, then it complicates it because it's like... What? Like, you know when you date someone and you want them to like think you're like this perfect like per- person? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you want to like hide... I don't know, Dolly Alderton was on a podcast talking about that. This like sharing, oversharing and like how she was on a date and someone came up to her and was like that thing that you said about eating disorders and she's literally on a date to like oh it's just terrifying but um uh yeah because yeah, you kind of blur the line between private and public yeah and it's also like i guess prior to the internet we didn't really have that mm. or it was imposed on people by like celebrity culture as opposed to yeah and also i have always found that people who sh- who a lot of people who thrive online and what gravitate to making like some sort of money through online means are usually introverts yes because they're like oh, i'm gonna do this because i can't like stand up on the stage so i'm gonna do this i mean thing. i can <laughs> i can stand up on a stage people who hire me for your speaking events but also <laughs> me too like the the instagram actually built my confidence yeah Same but at the beginning i was so shy and so nervous so um, then it's like, well, if you are in a public situation and someone immediately, like... Out of context yes. and randomly without preparation. Yeah. You're sort of affronted by it. Yeah, and also, like, um, it's... Because nav- I was in a really long-term relationship, it's navigating, like, um, being a feminist and having, like, what that means when you're dating and how, like... it. It's a good thing and it's a bad thing mm-hmm. because it's like, it's I don't know. We I could talk about it for ages. I feel like it's all I've been talking about because it's because people think it's both hilarious, and then also you do find the occasional great person that's like, you know, you click with. Whereas like when I was seventeen, single, it was like, never had those conversations right at the beginning where mm. it was like, oh, we're gonna talk about periods now. 
You know what I mean? Because yeah. people say, oh, what book? You know, periods. Like, periods. Yeah, right, like literally right in there talking about it, which I think is a good thing. Yes. But also it's exhausting for me because... 80% of the time I get menemists that are like, oh, menemists, I want to write a book about balls. Which Go ahead. It's <laughs> like, so I haven't seen you putting in the time and effort, but like, yeah. you know. So for me, it's like, when I see my single friends that like going on tons of dates, for me it's exhausting, because I know that if I open a dating app, it's like, well, 80% of the time I'm going to get this bullshit. Yeah. So, that's me. That's my speech. That's oh. your speech about dating <laughs> Date a feminist on the internet. Yeah. I mean, with me, they can just Google me. And it's... I don't know. Also, I feel like people people, people think I'm intimidating and it's hilarious. That's because of my online... I don't know. Because I guess, like, being 20 and doing what I do and having, like, an EM... You can do your practice EMA speech with my... my I literally have an EMA. That's, oh yeah, I saw that. That's yeah. amazing that you have it here. I know. I didn't even know if they like keep them. Yeah, they sent me. Well, they did. They did, it only arrived in the post about a month ago. Full-time student and doing everything. Yeah. They assume that I'm like some badass, like boss lady who's got her shit together. But you probably do more than people. Your I know. Age. <laughs> That's the problem because it's really hard to date people my age. Right. Because. I'm at a different point. But like, I still be, meet people who haven't got their shit together. And I don't I, think I have my shit together, but there are some people my age that really don't have their shit Like, I think it's just, like, for me, it's it's the fact that I very clearly know what I want, and I think a lot of young people very fairly are in this point where they're, like, they're working it out because they're yeah. 20. Whereas I'm, like... Yeah. And I want to date someone with, like, the set similar ambitions to me. Yeah. And it just doesn't exist in my age bracket. Or they think I'm really intimidating, and then they realise that I'm actually a human marshmallow. Like, I'm such right. a... Like, I'm thoughtless. I'm like a cream egg. A hard exterior. Yeah. And a soft inside. Speaking of eggs, the good egg. Oh, yeah. Sorry, that was a terrible segue. That was a really good segue. <laughs> I thought it was a great segue. I was anyway, like, going? hard exterior. <laughs> that was actually no, unintentional as well, but um, and now I'm hungry. So, the good eggs. Please explain to me what the good eggs is. is. Well, uh, the good eggs, um, kind of, uh, I've been thinking about doing something that was community-based for a while. And then, um, so I work in the Camden Collective, which is Mm -hmm. a co-working space. So I've made so, in the past year, I've made so many friends that do different things that have been really helpful to me, you know, with like money and pricing and being a business and um, just, it's so important because the things that, the thing I do, so I sign so many contracts that are like illustrator, influencer, like slash, so it's like really hard for um, illustrators, my, so I'm the member of the AOI who will help me with like pricing, but it's really hard for them to help me with these contracts that are like many things influencer based yeah and not just like not just illustrations so it's been really hard to navigate that um and how i found it very helpful is just chatting to as many people as possible and so i kind of wanted to create a space for that Mm -hmm. and we don't really know what it's going to be yet but we know that we want to just create community um and be transparent about things and yeah. 
um, I get a lot of questions about um, like money and how to find work and all of this stuff and there's so much helpful stuff that from people that are in like my publishers and like my other yeah. friends that have set up little side hustles and so I think side mentorship can be so beneficial and we yeah. think like oh I need this mentor that knows everything that can help me and I think how things are changing now actually I've learned so much from people who work in events or yeah. you know all of these different I don't know that's kind of I feel like I'm rambling now but it's kind of just community and transparency and I think once we start doing events it will become clear of what it is yeah but it will just be on Instagram no it's very exciting I don't know firstly it's got a fantastic name and also I think it brings together a lot of what I it's like someone who's like I don't know I guess people call me creative but they like I work with so many young people who need like help in some areas but also have loads of skills to offer themselves yes. and like I have a friend who he's wonderful and he just like came uh, I was asking him about like oh I'm really terrible at organization he was like to, we went for coffee and he just like organized my life yeah whereas like I can help people with speech writing and uh how to do things like that I'm like <laughs> like I and like I, I can have friends who are really fantastic writers but I'm a fantastic script editor like I'm I yeah. like I'm words based and I always have been whereas I have also I have no skills in terms of like a creating anything aesthetic or artistic I I'm, I hate it all I think you're doing great though but like I love I, what you're sh- what you share online and stuff I know like but like I so but I know what my weaknesses are my strengths so like I can't I'm, maybe you're good at curating yeah I'm very good at that it always makes me laugh when like, I work with companies I'm like yeah we have no fee and I'm like I pay my friends to make me things. Yeah. You can, you, you can, you, it's not a lack of budget, it's a lack of prioritisation. Mm. And like... And that's how my book, like, so some students came in and visited me recently and they had been to different other agencies and then they came to me and I was just to like tell them how I got where I was and like any adv- helpful advice. And they said they had just come back from an agency that said like to make a book you need a publishing deal and you need publishers and you need an agent. And so they arrived to me and they asked, like, how do I make my book? So I made my book because it was a personal project. Yeah. I went to a protest, the food periods protest. I was also there. We, so I feel like we've, like, crossed we've been in everywhere. So yeah. Um, and then was like, okay, I'm going to make a zine that's educating young people about periods. Then it accidentally became a book. Yeah. I met my publishers, like, uh, randomly. And then it happened. And they're, you know, they were a small just starting out their business and I was like okay I'm gonna need some money to make this so together we part a list of independent organic environmentally friendly period product companies and asked them if they wanted to pay to for us to make the book and they did so it was very like like um DIY yeah just Homegrown. we're gonna do this thing yeah and um so things we're gonna do this thing is like the motto of every person I know. Yeah, but that's a that's oh a my generational God, my bag thing. Says make it, make your thing a thing. <laughs> so that's a generational thing. Whereas, yeah. whereas these, I don't know how old they were from this agency, but they had been in this world for I imagine a long time, and they were saying this is how traditionally things have been done. Yeah, and this is the fact that they told those young people to make a book. You have to have an agent, a publishing deal, a publisher. And so I, you know, I think, unfortunately, there is a lot of information out there that is not relevant to what young people mm. 
can do with the internet. Yeah, and I think there's also probably a lot of information that's like <sighs> not that young people don't have. I mean, graphic design, I I, I got it down, <laughs> but in illustration and running your own business, no idea. I feel like they were all the same thing in my head and apparently they're not. <laughs> yeah. So graphic design in my, you can set up your own business and be a graphic designer, but it's, um, you work in a, in a company and so you have a boss and then you'll make stuff for clients, whatever comes in, but yeah. it's the company's responsibility to get the job in. You just turn up and sit at your desk. Um, being an illustrator and being a small business is responsible for all of all of the things like the bringing in the clients social media talking to the clients like I never had to talk to the clients when I was in the graphic design I never had to pitch or sell myself and well unless it was interviews but um yeah um different world (laughs) different world completely yeah so did you always know you're going to be making like creative things I yeah it kind of the sad thing is I, I had always kind of been drawing like this since I was really little and then when I was 12 my art teacher told me I would never get anywhere if I wanted to make political work. What the hell? I know, yeah. And like... But this is a different time, so this is like... To be fair, I cra- got into crash it. crash to I... 9-11. Uh, I think that there was just this huge, like, there was no money in the creative arts at all. Yeah. And people were terrified. And I think his intention of saying that was... He was trying to help me have a creative career that would thrive mm. and make money and support myself. But um, obviously, the art is political, so it's a really stupid thing. But me being 12, I was like, okay, yeah, this is right. And I just stopped drawing. <laughs> um, and I went into, I fell in love with like photography and like animation and like the techie yeah. side to art. Um, but yeah and then after when I started feeling depressed I was like after graduation I was like oh drawing used to make me happy like maybe this will help and it's kind of just it come full circle yes you fulfilled your 12 year old ambition yeah art teacher role and also I think what helps me is as an illustrator is that I've gone into it so naively and blindsided I mean I have favorite illustrators but I think the problem with when I studied graphic design, I became so hyper-aware of the industry that I almost, yeah. it knocked my confidence because I was constantly looking at what everyone else was doing, thousands of what everyone else was doing. And so as an illustrator, I've gone into things very naively, not really understanding about like the traditional aspects of it all. Yeah. That I think that that's actually helped me. Because you don't know. Be a little bit courageous and be like, oh, yeah, so just, just this works, people like this. Yeah, that's <laughs> like with me is like, I... I mean, a year ago, I wasn't doing any of what I do. And now, I mean, I've done a couple of speaking bits. I've never been paid to write. You know, one of the things that I really have just come to realise is that if you are a young person in any industry, you are, and more so if you're a woman, you are going to get treated. I wouldn't say every experience has been bad, but I would say that uh, people underestimate that I've done my research (laughs) and I think I've walked into big company stuff where I feel like we've gone into the negotiation process and I feel like the number they come back at me with all the time is really low and I think that because I don't have an agent or a manager 
uh, and people know that that they like to try and take advantage of that and then when I stand my ground I do eventually get most of the time um my way and like what I'm worth but I do feel like there is a sense of like let's see how low we can go um and that is just now I know going into every situation that that is going to happen I'm ready for it yeah but I wish someone had told me that like this is just going to happen one of the other things I do is like I have like one of my friends pretend to be my PR person I've heard people do this that really well but it just means that when I'm dealing with certain companies and organizations it just gives me and there's some backing which is nice yes and my publishers have been amazing and they've acted like my manager for the past year which has been so helpful even just to talk things through mm. and even people say if you see see someone in it like actually people have said that can change people's behavior towards you so um mm. it's so important to talk to, to people and i think i've met so many i mean i've seen so many people that have given up especially with graphic design or illustration or creative i've seen so many people give up because i think they just don't understand that you can just slide into someone's dms and be like hey how much should i charge for this what's your opinion and like yeah. people uh, that's another thing that i think i wish i wish i knew as well and i like I got a mentor last year because I asked YouTube I asked for the, did a YouTube video up asking for one and one of the best things is that like I can go to her and be like they want to do this what would you charge and she goes and asks all of her friends who work in social media and in kind of influencer things which is really useful because I don't have that Contact. knowledge because I'm 20 do you know what yeah. I mean it's like it's just very useful um, and it's definitely like I'm now getting paid for things for the first time which is nice um, yeah. But like before, before I actually did the guilty feminist, no one had ever paid me because they because they had like I don't know because they put the faith in me to pay me and then then other people knew they couldn't yeah like not pay me and also that's another example of how like they've gone into stand up comedy this thing that is still new and changing but has traditional systems in so hmm. you doing influencer which is or, or bloggers or these all these new yeah. bu- businesses are so like alone yeah but i think it's so good to talk about money and i find it very hard but i think with the past year it's just been like everyone struggles with this yeah um, definitely everyone is uncomfortable talking about money i think it's a british thing in part. oh it's such a but british also, thing but it's also like gendered and there's a lot of like, yes also i feel like and there's also like it should just dismantle money yeah i, I know I, I am very uncomfortable with some of like the conversations i'm seeing at the moment with like these are the richest women and I'm like wealth is not the goal yeah especially of like with a lot of my personal beliefs like and political beliefs like I know becoming a billionaire is not yeah it's, it does not a feminist but that's make. also the headline in in American headline is like you know self-made billionaire whatever and yeah. then in England we don't get that no so there is this like it's great not to have your main focus as being money because it isn't mine either but i think british culture we have this um if someone it's almost like we're inconveniencing people for like asking even yeah yeah and it's rude like this and also it's like you know unladylike and um i don't know i just want people to be paid what they're worth and the annoying thing is is that companies try and take advantage of young people or, or anyone all the time and I think that if we became more comfortable talking about money um, these companies 
wouldn't thrive by taking advantage of people. One of the nicest things was like, I did Stylist Live um, and they Ooh. pay everyone the same. So what would be your top tips for navigating the world of the internet as a young creator? Ooh, research. research. Everything starts with research. Research everything. So um, Instagram etiquette. Um, there's actually a book that Emma Gannon has yes. like a podcast episode with someone who did something about the internet etiquette um, which looks really cool um, just learn about like the do's and don'ts and um, you know like there was someone that took set named her podcast after um, something else that was copyright and she didn't know it and then she had to change it so understand the basic understandings of like intellectual property yeah. <laughs> and the copyright is probably the best place to start navigating the internet as well I think has to also be safety mm-hmm. I never post stuff if I'm alone or late at night I don't post stuff then and there I like record it on Instagram save it and I'll post it when I get home mm-hmm. because I think especially as I've started to grow an audience I've become very aware mm-hmm. of just safety precautions um, and also like for me I'm very because Instagram is so much of my work now I'm very good at being in my calendar every day I have like an hour where I'm gonna post something write the caption and interact with people and I try very hard to just be on my phone in the hour in the day mm-hmm. if I'm on my phone all the time I can't draw <laughs> like I can't like draw think of ideas sometimes you know it, it's really I love like chatting to my mates on whatsapp and stuff and like talking ideas through but um compared to other people maybe that's why I don't have like a huge following um I have friends that have like 30k and they literally are on their phone the amount of time as a full-time job and like be out at the pub and they'll be sat in the corner on their phone and I'm like that's not the life I want to have yeah I don't think anyone should um I've been fine with just like being like in this hour I'm gonna be on Instagram and see what's happening um down with the kids yeah um and and I'm quite strict for me my phone is work now so it's like mm-hmm. whereas I have other friends that like I'll post selfies on Instagram but so it is play but for me it's work so it's like when I'm relaxing I'm not gonna be on my phone yeah. <laughs> which I think is um I don't know maybe that's just the way I work but um yeah I think very scared about technology <laughs> how it's going but it can be so beneficial and I think having those boundaries um, in place so it's really good. Thank you so much to Natalie for being on the podcast. That discussion was really insightful and I hope it shows to you the ways that the internet and social media can be used to foster positive conversations and communities. You know, seeing the amount of young people particularly especially young women or people from other marginalized groups forming communities online is really powerful to see and i hope that we're able to facilitate this more if you want to check out natalie's work you can go to her instagram instagram.com forward slash natalie burn um that's probably the best place to go and support her work you can also buy her book period which i highly recommend that you do i hope you've enjoyed this episode please make sure you Um, rate review and subscribe to the podcast it helps other people to find it and i'm really uh excited for what we've got coming up next 
with this thing it's I'm really excited I hope I can't even actually explain how excited I am 